If you have your Bibles, we will go to several passages of Scripture, but, uh, the, but we will mainly stay in Matthew 26 and 27. But, but right at the beginning, if you would, go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. I'd just like to say thank you for the invite and be able to, to come and minister and, and uh, speak the Word to you. And we are praying that the Spirit of the Lord would move in our midst and the Spirit of God would convict and reveal His truth to us. And, and uh, through prayer, I just felt led that this morning that we would preach on the title of Let Us, Let us Remember. Let Us Remember. Uh, we are going back to the mission field, uh, February the 12th, uh, tonight, before I preach tonight, I'll show you a few, a few slides just very briefly and then get into the message. Um, if you're not going to be here tonight and you would like to take a, a prayer card to pray for us, I, I have some in the front here and in the back back there. And you can also sign up for a newsletter if you would like that. But this morning, uh, with the title, Let Us Remember... May we remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. May we never forget it. And I think sometimes we just say out of, out of, out of our mind and just casually we say that Jesus died on the cross for us. And, he, uh, and yes, He did. And Jesus died for our sins. And yes, He did. But sometimes we forget exactly what He went through when he went to the cross and when he was on the cross. And what happened on the cross? Everything of Christianity and our faith and our belief in, in the Lord and what Jesus did, it all goes back to what Jesus Christ did at the cross. Amen? Luke chapter 22, verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Now, I know this morning we're not observing the Lord's Supper, but every time we come to the Lord's Supper, there should be a reminder and a remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross and also His second coming. But we should never forget we should never forget, but be in remembrance of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Look what the scripture says in verse number 19. He says, this is my body which is given for you. This is my body which is given for you. Look at the end of verse 20. He says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. One purpose of the cross was for you and for I, amen. One purpose of the cross was for what Jesus did for us. He did it for us on the cross. He did it for all of mankind, amen. From the, from the beginning of Adam and Eve to the last of us that will be born, He did it for us. We must never forget when we look at the cross why the cross was occupied. It was for us. Why was it for us? Because us... You and I are the guilty party here. We are the ones that sin, that have committed the sin that has separated us from God Almighty. But because He went to the cross, amen, through the cross, we can be reconciled back to Him. Praise God, amen. If that don't get you excited, I don't know what, nothing will get you excited, amen. To know that with a holy and a righteous God, you can have a relationship with, amen. Not that you made a way, but that He made a way for us. Amen. 
Now, when I was in Africa preaching, they would amen me. They would shout. They would get up and say, get it, get it, brother. But I can tell y'all not going to do that this morning, are you? <laughs> but if every once in a while, if you would just say, amen, that would really be an encouragement, amen. Amen. He did it for us. First of all, we see the first thing is Jesus Christ went voluntarily to the cross. In Matthew 26, if you have a copy of the Word of God, Matthew 26, verse number 50. Matthew 26, starting with verse number 50. Jesus went to the cross voluntarily. He was not forced. He was not held at gunpoint, so to speak. He went there voluntarily. Matthew 26, verse 50. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of, of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. And Jesus said unto him, Put, put up again thy sword unto this place. Unto his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to the Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled? That thus it must be. Notice what Jesus was saying. He was saying, and we all know that was Peter that pulled out the sword and cut his ear off, and Jesus put it back on. But he was ultimately saying, Hey, you put that back up because I could, I could right now call 12 legions of angels. That's a lot of angels to come and rescue me. In other words, Jesus was saying, I know what's coming. I know what's going to happen. And so I'm going to go willingly and I'm going to go voluntarily to the cross. Amen. Let us remember that Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross for us and he went voluntarily. Amen. First John chapter 3 Verse number 16, the Bible says, Whereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brother. He laid down His life. He voluntarily gave of His life. We also read in the book of John, chapter 17, and verse number 18, Therefore doeth my Father love me, because I laid down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You know what Jesus did to, at the cross? He voluntarily looked ahead in time, and he looked at you. He had an opportunity to get off, but he loved you enough. And he still, he went to the cross, and he died and bled for you and I voluntarily. Don't tell me God does not love you. Amen. Don't tell me God does not think about you. Don't tell me God ain't got a future and a plan for your life. God loves you. God cares for you. Voluntarily he went to the cross when he had an option to get off. Y'all remember when he was in the garden and he was praying and he was praying. He said, Father, uh, thy will be done but not mine. But he looked into the cup. What did he see within the cup? What he seen in the cup was the wrath of God. He's seen the pain and the punishment that he would go through. And he's seen you and me that would deny him time and time again. He looked in that cup and he said, Father, if there be another way. But I want to tell you, there was no other way for the forgiveness of sin, for the wrath of God to be satisfied. It was only through what Jesus Christ did at the cross for us. Amen. And he did it voluntarily. 
We also see when he is on trial, and it was a sham of a trial in Matthew chapter 27, in verse number 15. We also see here that there was an opportunity. There was an opportunity for freedom, but he still did not choose it. Matthew 27, verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was wont to release one unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they, had, and, and they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and Jesus and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the two will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. Notice that. Notice that. That there was Barabbas, who was the real thief, who was the real murderer, who was the real sinner, who was the real one. But yet when even Jesus in his trial, one was let free. Can I tell you, that was talking about in Leviticus of the scapegoat. Barabbas was the scapegoat. We are the Barabbas, amen. We was the ones that should have went to the cross, but instead he went for us, amen. We were the ones that were the notorious murderers, backbiting, slanders. We were the ones that were the thieves and the liars and the breakers of the law of God. But because of what Jesus did for us, we were let go with freedom, amen. Hey, we were these people right here. It says in verse 22, they all said, let him be crucified. We were those people. Do you not remember just a few chapters before this? The same people, what did they say? The same people said this, Hosanna, Hosanna, son of David. And they set down palm leaves and they worshiped him. And they, and they were so excited. Now the same people would scream out, crucify him crucify him. And that doesn't mean just shoot him in the head or slice his throat. That means a horrible, a horrible way to die. They cried out, that my friend is you and I. We would be the ones that's so fickled in our mind and so ungodly in our ways that one minute we would say, oh God, we worship you. And the next time we would say, crucify him. Let us remember his trial. Let us remember what he went through for your sin and my sin. Amen. You may ask, why did he have to go through all of it? Why did he have to do all of that? Why so gruesome and so, so gross and, and, and so forth? Because our sin is so gruesome and gross and nasty. Our sin separates, from, separates us from God, amen. We were the Barabbas, amen. Or maybe you're not the Barabbas this morning. You're still in prison to your sin. Know this today, you, my friend, can be set free because of what Jesus did on the cross, amen. Not only was he went voluntarily and we are the Barabbas, but he was also a just man. Do you remember in Matthew 27, his wife said to him, hey, you leave him alone. How many of y'all know sometimes your wife's advice, sometimes your wife's advice is 
helpful. Amen. She got him word and said, listen, I had a dream. That man didn't do nothing wrong. You better get away from him. I always wondered what she dreamed. I always wondered the torment she was in and that she would tell her husband, you leave him alone. You see, Jesus was just. Why is it important that he was just? Because something unjust cannot clean something unjust. Amen. Something has got to be clean and pure to clean something that is not clean and pure. Amen. He is the perfect sacrifice for us. Amen. Hey, notice what he says in Isaiah. And keep your finger in Matthew 27. Notice what he says in Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 7. The prophecy concerning Christ. Isaiah 53, verse number 7. He says, he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shears is dumb. So open he not his mouth. He was brought as a pure lamb. He was brought as a shear, as a sheep before shears. He opened not his mouth. You see, you will not find any sin in the life of Christ, even though he was still 100% fully man. Amen. You will not find sin within him. He could have never committed sin. He was the perfect lamb of God. He was just. He was a just and a righteous man. And they knew it. Pilate himself could have said, time out, y'all. I'm going to become a believer today on that moment. But you know what he did? He cowered down to the people in fear and he delivered up Jesus to be crucified. Let us remember. Amen. Let us not forget today what the payment for your sin and my sin was. Let us not forget that simple fact this morning. Also, we see about Jesus, Matthew 27, verse number 26. Matthew 27, verse number 26. Then released he Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. He scourged Jesus or flogged Jesus. What does that mean? What does it mean that he was scourged? Or maybe your translation says flogged. You see, it was not just a, 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 a whipping. Uh, it was not just a whipping that, you know, on the back like a whip that just hit and release. No, what it meant was a, a scourging and a flog was they had a way of beating them that it was a shaft or, or, or a, I don't know how to fully describe it, but a thing that they could grab a hold of like a handle that was about this long. And on the end of it, it had around a dozen, 10 to a dozen, 10 to 12 leather straps. And in the leather straps on the very end, they had little pieces of bone and little pieces of, of metal. So that whenever they beat the prisoner, not only would it just beat them, no, it would actually, they, it would grab a hold of the flesh and, and hold on and then it would rip. You see, when we think of the life of Jesus, let us not forget and let us remember that he didn't go through just a, a little beating. 
What they did, they took him, our Lord. They tied his hands together. They tied him to a post. Helplessly, he could not even help his own self. He went to the post. And every single time, they reared back with that, with that cat of nine tails. And they hit it on him. It would grab his flesh and rip his flesh off. Every single time, ripping his flesh off. And his blood would run out. Listen, every one of those stripes was for your sin and my sin. Every time you wanted to cuss, every time you wanted to lie, every time you wanted to steal, every time you want to forsake God or have you a one night stand with somebody, every time you want to shake your fist at God and get mad at Him, every sin, He was beaten for it, ripped open for it until He was unrecognizable. Let us remember this morning what our Lord went through. It was not just a, a walk in the park that he died on the cross. He was beaten and his blood ran red for us. Amen. For your deliverance. He was scourged for us. I don't know about you, but that scourging, when I think of it, it breaks my heart to know what our Lord went through. And if he went through that, can you not live for him? Oh, I'm just having trouble reading my Bible. Shame on you. Shame on you! I, I can't find to go in the church all the time. Shame on you! I can't see why I have to give. Shame on you! I don't see why I have to live like this. Shame on you when you compare what our Lord went through. When you compare the beating and the mockery that He went through and the sham of a trial He went through. Surely you can get your rear end out of the bed or out of the chair and come to the house of God and lift your hand and say, I thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for me. Amen. We get too used to that phrase. We get too used to the, to the notion, yeah, He died for me. He loves you. There's more to it than that. May we not forget what He did for us. Woo! If He didn't do that for us, where would Lucas' house be? I know I'd be in a jail somewhere. Even though I was raised right and raised in the house of God, I was so rebellious and so hard-headed. I know I'd be sitting in a jail somewhere. But by the grace of God, December the 10th, 2006, at Hill Baptist Church, just up yonder here, Spirit of God got a hold of me and convicted me and revealed to me for the first time, you are lost. And on that day, by faith, I went forward and I said, I need to be born again. I want to tell you something. A change happened in my life. Amen. A change happened in my life. You know what happened? I got born again. The second time. You see, all of us have been born the first time, haven't we? Look at you right there. You've been born the first time. Here we are. Some of you look good. Some of you don't look too good. Amen. Amen. But now you need to be born the second time. And that is a spiritual birth. Amen. That is a spiritual birth, and that is possible through what Jesus did at the cross. Amen. Not only was he just and, and righteous, not only did he go voluntarily, and, and not only are we the Barabbas, but listen, he was whipped for us. He was scores for us. And not only that, Jesus was mocked. Even on the cross, you know the story. When Jesus was on the cross, what happened? They come by and said, if you be the Son of God, get yourself down. Oh, I don't know about you. But getting mocked, that riles me up. 
Jesus opened not His mouth on the cross. What was He doing? He had you in mind. Amen. He had all of mankind in mind. He even had Adam and Eve on mind. He had Abraham on mind. He had you, your children and grandchildren, and those you don't even know to come in the future. He had them on His mind. He was not worried about what they would say. Amen. They took a robe of purple and put on him and the soldiers beat him and put that crown of thorns on his head, pressed it down into his head. And they said, oh, hell you king. And they they worshipped him. And they worshipped him, mocking our Lord. Let us remember this morning that he was mocked. He was beaten for us. But not only that, he was crucified. Jesus Christ was crucified. In the Bible in Matthew chapter 27, verse number... Verse number, let's just read verse 26 again, and we'll skip to 31. It says, and he delivered him to be crucified. Verse 31, and they led him away to crucify him. Verse 35, and they crucified him. You know what we see when they crucified him? Do you, have you ever studied just briefly what the crucifixion was like? We know that he died on the cross No, it was not a tree. It was not a pole. It was on a cross that he died. You see, the Romans had a way of killing people, executing people, that was very gruesome, very morbid, if you would. And what they would do to a person, and and they didn't do it to all of them, but they beat Jesus before he went to it unrecognizably, but, but yet for all of them, they would take them to a cross, lay them on the cross, and they would take a nail, and please, at the end of the service, don't argue with me about if it was in the hand or the wrist or here. Okay, amen. Listen, they took the nail, and they nailed it right through his hand on the cross. They took another nail and nailed it to this hand while he had the crown of thorns, amen. And while he was on the cross, they put nails in this, I believe, in the sides of his feet so that the only way through the weight of his own body it would collapse on his lung and the only way that you could get a breath was you had to try to pick yourself up to breathe and it was a slow death constant death feeling the pain he was our lamb and our sacrifice He was crucified for us. Oh, many times we think, yeah, He died on the cross. This morning, may we not forget and may we remember that when He went to the cross, it was nothing pretty about it. Our Lord nailed to a cross trying to grasp for breath. And what He was doing, He was taking the wrath of His Father, our Father, upon Himself for you and I. Amen. In the Old Testament, what did they do? The Old Testament, they showed up to the tabernacle in the wilderness or they showed up to the temple, didn't they not? And they had to bring a sacrifice. Uh, Y'all remember that? Sacrifice for everything. I mean, everything got killed. I mean, the blood was shed constantly. But whenever John the Baptist seen Jesus come in John 1 and 29, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Then what did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. What is finished? Because He's the Lamb of God, today you and I don't come here dragging an old heifer or dragging an old goat. Amen. 
You might have had, but anyhow, you get my point. You don't come here dragging a, a pigeon, a dove, a, a cow, a goat. What do you come? According to Hebrews 13 and 15, you come with a sacrifice of praise on your lips, amen, because he is your ultimate sacrifice. Now today we should come into church and there should be freedom in the house of God to worship. Why? Because we know we've been forgiven, amen. Hey, praise God. You shouldn't just sit there and just look at it and wonder, I wonder when this thing going to get over. Listen, this is an opportunity freely with fellow-minded believers that we can worship God and tell Him thank you for dying for my sin. Amen. Amen. He was crucified for us. Also, we see here, the wrath of God was satisfied at the cross. We talked briefly about this in Sunday school. The wrath of God was satisfied at the cross. Matthew 27. Look with me, please. Verse number 45. Look with me, please. It says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. Y'all, that's 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Usually that's when the sun shines the brightest. Usually that's when it is the hottest, so to speak. But you know, there was darkness over the earth. There was complete darkness from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Why? Because I truly believe that all of the wrath of God that He has for sin, that He has for sin, it was placed completely on His Son. And it was so dark. It was dark, dark. And look what it says in verse six, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God Himself, I believe, could not fully look down upon His Son because sin was placed upon Him. The sin of the world, the wrath of God, the judgment and the sin that you and I would commit would be placed upon Him. And God Himself had to look away and Jesus cries out, Why have you forsaken me? Verse number 47, Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elijah. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. They were so blinded. They were so, so blinded. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. He cried out, we know from John 19 and 30, he cried out, it is finished. And when he cried that out, verse number 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened and many bodies whoo, of the saints which slept arose. At the cross, when he gave up the ghost and he died. And you listen to me. He did not faint. He did not pass out, despite what you may hear from others. He died on the cross. The wrath of God was satisfied. How do we know the wrath of God was satisfied? Well, look right there in verse 51, and don't you ever forget verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. What's so significant about that? You see, if you study the tabernacle in the wilderness, and you study... Uh, Solomon's temple and how they worshipped and approached God. You will find this. You will find that there was an outer court, an inner court, and then you will find there was a holy place with the uh, candlestick and the altar of incense and the table of showbread. And then there was a veil. And on the other side of the veil was the Ark of the Covenant. 
the presence of God, the Shekinah glory, physical manifestation, presence of God would come right there. Right there. Only just a few people could go to the holy place. The rest of us, we could only uh, stay out to the side on the outer court and just wonder and think, what would it be like to be in the presence of God? Y'all get my point? We would just stand out and look and say, I wonder what it would be like to be in the presence of God. We were separated by our sin. Even their sacrifices couldn't get them to the, to the presence of God. And when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was rent from the top to the bottom, which shows that God Himself rent it. And now because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and me, honey, we can walk right into the presence of God, call Him Abba Father. We can walk into His presence. Oh, come on, somebody. Because of what he did at the cross, we can have a relationship with God Almighty. Amen. Because of what he did, we can know what it's like to be in the presence of God. How do you know when you're in the presence of God? I'm going to tell you right now, you can get down here on this altar and say, Father, and you can be in the presence of God. Amen. You begin to worship in your car at home on the work and Lord, I just begin to praise Him. You can be in the presence of God. Amen. Hey, you can be inside the house when the music is playing, when the pastor is preaching and be in the presence of God. Amen. Hey, there's no more veil separating us. Let us enter boldly into the throne of grace where we may attain help and find need. Amen. Hey, the veil was rent because of what Jesus did at the cross for us. Woo, I can tell that excites y'all, amen. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 21. It should excite us. It should do something to us. 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 21. For He, talking about God, made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. If you have been born again... Applied the blood of Jesus on your life. Now when God looks at you, He does not look at you in, in, in place of the wrath of God. He looks at you and sees Christ, which is the righteousness of God. Ah, oh, I don't feel like I'm the righteousness of God. Sir, ma'am, if you've been born again, you are the righteousness of God. I don't act like it. You are the righteousness of God. Don't you ever forget it. Amen. If you want, He would consume you. Amen. He, His righteousness has been placed on you. And for that, I am thankful for that. Amen. Let us remember that He was mocked and crucified, that He went voluntarily, that He was scorched, and that we were the Barabbas. Let us remember that the wrath of God was satisfied at the cross. Amen. But I ask you this last question, this last thing. Can you remember when you went to the cross, so to speak, and was born again? Now, only you can answer that. Can you remember that you went to the time or maybe the place? Or, or can you remember that you know that you went and you was born again? Can you remember this morning? The Bible says in Romans 6 verse 23, I'm sure you know it. For the wages of sin is death. That's pretty simple in my opinion. Meaning for the sin that I, I, you and I have committed, the payment is death. And I want to tell you, either you today will accept Jesus is death on the cross, 
or you will die in eternal hell and pay for your sin for eternity. Do, Brother Lucas, do you believe in hell? I believe in hell. It's a little place. It is a fire, and one day the whole shooting match is going to be thrown in the lake of fire. But because of Jesus, the wages of sin is death. He paid for us. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can have life this morning because of what He did at the cross. Let us remember, but I ask you, do you remember the time the Spirit of God convicted you and took you and birthed you into the family of God? If you have not remembered, if you cannot remember, or if you don't know, today is the day that you can be born again. Amen? When I was nine years old, I went to a, a kid's camp. Went to a kid's camp with some friends, with a church and, that we went to. And uh, the man preached and everything. And my buddy next to me, during the invitation, I, I felt that he got up and went. And I, I, I remember we had our heads bowed and eyes closed, and I just kind of looked and see where he went. And I said, I wonder where he's going. And I followed him. And we went to the back, and you know what happened? Next thing you know, I'm saying a prayer. And next thing you know, the next Sunday, I was in the baptistry, and everybody was happy for me. But nothing changed in my life. I don't care if you're 9, 19, 109, whatever. When you come to faith in Christ, you, there will be a change and a difference. It might not be automatically all at one time. No, no, no. I'm still getting convicted about things in my life that need to be changed. But I want to tell you something. When I was nine, nothing happened. But when I was 17 in the year 2006, I was born again. I remember very clearly. I remember. But can you remember if you say, no, I cannot? Spirit of God is dealing with you. Today is the day to publicly come forth. Why I got to come publicly? Because on the cross, he went publicly. He wasn't behind a closet. He wasn't behind a curtain. I hope nobody sees it. Listen, he come publicly and he died. And matter of fact, I believe he was naked on the cross. Listen, you come publicly and confess, I am a sinner and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. He will take your life and do some amazing things with it. Amen. Give you new life.